Welcome to Home Education Matters, the weekly podcast supporting you on your home education journey. Hello and welcome to Home Education Matters. Today we are going to be talking about maths, all things maths related with Veronica. And maths is one of those big and scary subjects, I think, and we'll be here to hold your hand through all of it and make it a little bit less scary. That's our plan for today. So, Veronica, would you like to tell us all about yourself and we can launch in and make people feel much better about maths? So thank you for the introduction. It's always fun to be on a podcast and just getting a little bit into it. So, as you said, uh, I'm Veronica. I tutor maths. I have been tutoring maths literally forever (laughs) so (laughs) is that what it feels like (laughs) oh yeah and it really I mean half my life really and I'm I'm not even that old so yeah I got a long time (laughs) you look quite young how old are Uh, you if you don't mind uh, me asking yeah I'm 33 you look a lot younger than 33 maths keeps you young I think so (laughs) you're you're winding the numbers back somehow you've got some sort of clever mathematical trick (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's all of us mathematicians we can do things with numbers (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I basically uh, started tutoring when I was still, not even before I went to uni, just, you know, just here and there helping a friend or friend of a friend. And uh, I realized, oh, it's kind of nice pocket money. So I carried on when I went to study maths at university and I was training to be a teacher. And then I realized that I don't really want to be a teacher because I really do enjoy the tutoring and I was really, really good at it. So I basically didn't even kind of finish up to master's. I said, well, it's like, you know, all the money and everything goes into education. And if you don't even want to do it, I said, well, maybe one day if I change my mind. So I just finished with bachelor's and I was already basically my tutor in business and having loads of happy students and, and like great results. And I thought, OK, that's my calling. So that was it. And I just pretty much did a little bit of work in schools here and there. But it was basically just to help my tutoring when I needed a little bit. I was a teacher briefly, and I've also briefly done tutoring. And I can safely say that I do totally understand why you went the tutoring route. (laughs) Yeah, it's very rewarding, isn't it? It is. Exactly. Even even when I went went to schools and like would be teaching or helping or doing any sort of work there, it was just telling me, yeah, that's definitely not what you want to do, because that's so different to tutoring. Maybe if I wouldn't done tutoring at first, maybe if I started teaching first, but I've seen like so big difference. So, you know, it's really nice to have a, a student who might like maths. Well, that's great. So we're like-minded or might not maybe like maths, but just obviously comes to tutor to get some help. And so they obviously is a little bit different than in school. Very often they'll be bored, you know, so because so many students in one room and and someone knows more, someone knows less. And it's just, it's difficult. Or if you have at least small groups, right, because tutoring could be done in small groups as well. But then again, you really put them together carefully. So they ideally would just even enhance their each together, you know, so uh, it's just better than being in a room with 30 other students, like, you know, everyone is just different and it's it's not working. I think schools really need to change. And I can see why the home, home <laughs> community is really so big because like they see there is a problem. It's not changing. Well, we'll change it because we actually we can. So, you know, not in every country it will be legal, right? So that's kind of problem. But at least luckily here we could do it. I really can see how it's such a difference. You just pull your child out of school. They let's say they 14 years old but they had a level of like you know several years behind with their with their studies and then you do half a year one year and then huge jump either you as a parent 
is just really completely different than <clears throat> especially in maths just just you might be so behind because you miss a little bit thing and in maths everything kind of is like a snowball right so <laughs> and on the other hand the more maths you know the easier it is it's sort of like when the snowball's big it just got a little bit pushed and it goes on its own down the hill so it's a it's a good thing but also a bad thing because you really should not have any gaps at the first place that's a good point because I have a pet theory that anyone who listens to my podcast will know. And that is that I think that key stage three is a waste of time. I think that it is just this pointless filler, you know, repetition of topics and subjects. My only exception is maths. Maths is my only exception where I think that actually maths is one of those subjects that it's really helpful to carry through all the time and mostly home educators stagger their exams so they will do one or two exams per year and focus on those subjects and I always say that when you're doing that you should always run a little bit of maths alongside it because like you said I think maths is one of those things that the more often you do it even if you're only doing little bits it's a bit like keeping your muscles going at the gym isn't it it's just I find it really helpful to keep doing little bits of maths uh, no matter what you're studying and no matter when your exam is going to be. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you because especially recently, I'll try to change the, the, the way how I do my tuition. And I really do encourage sort of even like by by really telling the parents, if you book lessons with me, you really either need to do it or we need to replace it somehow. If really, you know, sometimes a child might get ill or something, but let's not skip. And it's such a difference because when I was a little bit more yeah, sure, no problem. You can cancel. Uh, we can skip. You go on holidays, no problem. Then it was really showing that it's not as helping. So it doesn't. I found out it doesn't even matter if you do, let's say, half an hour per week, or if you do an hour per week, or it's, if you do like many hours. Of course, it's something else that's for full teaching. But if you if you need the extra boost or just like keep it going, it doesn't even matter how long per week you do. Let's say with a tutor or someone who's dedicated to teach you something as long as it's really repetition every week. Mm -hmm. So when I had someone who, let's say for financial reasons, they wanted to switch. So we switched to fortnightly. It just wasn't the same. So I said, how about we do half the length, but really every week. And so we did that. And again, it's just caricatured. All the learning just went back to dragway was before. And it was completely different story how the learning was progressing compared to being like every other week. So I, that's definitely what you say. Absolutely agree. And I, this is really what I focus on with all my students, always saying we need to focus on having the repetition. I know sometimes you might need a break or something, then we all make up. We'll just have rather two lessons the next week or just make sure there wouldn't be big breaks. While you're saying this, I'm sure there's going to be people listening who say that's very all very well, but trying to drag my child to do some maths is an experience I only want to have once a week, you know, and it's not something I want to do daily. I know that my daughter isn't a big fan of maths and it is a bit sort of kicking and screaming to get her to do maths. And so, you know, limit maths to a degree just because it makes the house a little bit more harmonious. Do you have any tips for people who have children who really, really don't like doing maths? Yeah, well, uh, it's not always easy for everyone to achieve it, but Either the, the key goal would be make them, the children, basically help them to start liking maths and, and show them how it could be easy. So go go baby steps as long as you do some steps. And you can see the change in uh, the approach uh, when students, like first they start, oh, I don't know, I'm not good at maths or I hate maths, <laughs> just all this, all this negativity. 
and find that later they're like oh wait wait moment this is actually good well, i can do this and i had students who literally tell me wait wait i want to do more of this because i'm really good at it now like let me you know and like super excited and that is really it and then they then telling me happily and i've done more of the homework and i just was really good at it because that was like, so similar to what you showed me and i did so much practice so it's really about exciting them about it so of course if you do something you don't like i don't know you don't like doing dishes right so you don't want to you just don't want to do it you don't you're not going to enjoy it but maybe you get some i don't know uh really good um brush and that really like helps you to to wash dishes or maybe you get a dishwasher right that helps you washing as well you just need to do the drying or something so that's the same with the mouse and uh, what i see with many students it's not always gonna click with everyone some of them will be trying to resisting but always whenever we hit that spot when they find oh okay algebra is really horrible but i can do fractions now and i enjoy them because now i know and i feel like i'm good at it so i want to show everyone look at me i can do some maths and they feel really good because they always thought like fractions are the like a crazy thing and nobody can do it and now they mastered it and they can <laughs> say like look at me i can do this it's, again it's just that snowboarding because then you can build on it and then you can build on that and next thing so it's just that just starting to be positive experience and the topic could be expanded always from there and then we just here and there add that kind of like a little bit troublesome things but just like you know basically like it's spoon fed and then we mm. focus on what's going well then you build the confidence you basically change the attitude and that is really the key thing and again i know it might be not always easy to achieve but that would be ideal what parents would like to go for trying to find some topic that they can the child can do then they will change slowly towards okay well actually fractions are good I completely agree about confidence because my daughter always considered herself very bad at maths and then I was doing some maths with her which I think was kind of standard form I'm very bad at maths but you know is that the one where you have a little number above yeah. the big number okay okay yeah. <laughs> this is the level of my maths by the yeah, way it's so. like a number times 10 yes exactly yeah. she got it very quickly and she really liked it and from there she kind of got a little bit of her confidence back and then she's been doing algebra and for some reason she finds algebra really easy she's dyslexic and i'm convinced it's something to do with that whole visual spatial patterning you know that kind of thing and she finds algebra really easy and now just like you say she's now doing more than she's given and she's saying things like oh i find this really easy and she would never have said that so I think what you're saying about finding something, even if it's something reasonably easy, that they can feel good about and that they can feel confident in, and then just expanding that a little bit, adding a few more difficult things in. I'm guessing that's that's what you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In many words, and you summed it up perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I host the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I wanted to speak to you about GCSEs. So Let's work right from the beginning and work through the process of GCSEs. And the very first thing that people need to know is that there are many different types of GCSE maths. There is GCSE and IGCSE or International GCSE. There is Foundation GCSE and there is Higher GCSE. There is Edexcel and OCR and Cambridge and AQA. I don't think I don't think I've forgotten any. So they're the different exam boards. And then there's, I think within the exam boards, there's different papers, aren't there? I, th I don't, I think edXL do two different, two different exams, do they? 
I seem to recall they do, but maybe I'm wrong. Do they? <laughs> I'll I'll give you the structure. Tell <laughs> me the stru- tell me the structure because already already I'm still confused because it is a confusing process that normally we leave to schools, and when we don't, we then have to delve into this quagmire of exam boards and exam specifications and things. So tell us all about it. Guide us or hold our hand. <laughs> so basically, imagine it like a little journey, and you would always have one or two options. So. If we started the journey, the first crossroad would be GCSE or IGCSE, because those are different exams, generally interchangeable in terms of how uh, colleges would approach it, universities would approach it as if you got some sort of GCSE or IGCSE, although there are sometimes people mention that there would be some schools that they don't quite like IGCSEs and would prefer GCSEs, but overall it really should be equal. Some and, colleges, do you mean? Yeah, some colleges, and yeah, and even even actually, really, even some universities would look at at GCSEs in Canada way. So, at least that's what I've been had uh, been told. So, um, but it could be it could be rumors, or it could be that someone mentioned. Well, I have this, and and it's that anecdotal experience. So, I think yeah, I think what tends to happen sometimes is the admin kind of admission staff don't quite know what an IGCSE is, and then. When when you kind of mail them and say no, it's it's an international GCSE, they're like, oh, okay then. I think they sometimes they think it's like internet GCSEs or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I know. I Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I just did it online. No, it's an international GCSE, right? And it and it is yeah. exactly of equal weighting and equal standing. Yeah. So the difference is that normally school would be in choosing everything pretty much up to the point of the last crossroad, which will be the foundational higher, but I'll get there right now in the first one with GCSE or IGCSE. <laughs> so basically for maths, it doesn't quite matter because you could do easily as a home educated, you could easily do GCSE as well as the IGCSE, the international one. So there are no no hurdles in either one path. So it pretty much is up to the, let's say, parent or parent together with their child to decide what they would like more. Because in some subjects, I know it might be kind of troublesome to do, let's say, GCSE and they need to go the IGCSE route. International GCSEs don't tend to have coursework or practical components. All the sciences, for example, need to be IGCSEs because they don't have that. But yes, you're right in maths. There is no coursework or practical component. So you can just have a look at whichever you fancy. And how would you advise people best to make that decision between them? And so that is the second crossroad, (laughs) which technically would be, well, it depends. You can first think about overall how you're doing, whether foundation or higher. Uh, But I think better would be look on all the paper because that helps you later. You can even change. You can first be thinking, well, maybe I'm not that good at maths. I might be doing foundation. And I've had so many students who were entered for foundation by their schools, even, for example, not even being home educated. So the schools would decide generally for them. And we just did so well. I said, you know what, apply that you wouldn't do higher because you can easily do higher and they would do and they would be really great at it. So that can be changed. So that could be our last crossroads. So I would say let's look at exam boards. <laughs> so this is exam, for IGCSEs and GCSEs yes, looking at the exam boards. Exactly. Yeah, got you. So each exam has got different exam boards. And I wouldn't necessarily say one is better than the other. It really is the best to look at their past papers and See basically how the past papers feel to you. Some are a little bit more wordy. Some are a little bit more, um, and this is just relying more like a show formula and then use it. Some of them are more 
complicated questions so it's like many mark question and you need to do a lot of steps some of them are broken down in a bit so depends on what works for you better one quite important difference between GCSE and IGCSE at maths GCSE uh, is three papers it is one a non-calculator paper and two calculator papers while IGCSE is only two papers and they both calculate is that for all the exam boards or just for edexcel i um, don't want to say 100% just in case but I'm pretty sure it is yes <laughs> okay so as igcse as, yeah. is all calculator options yeah so they basically uh, normally would run on those same dates but then gcse will get one more extra date for the third paper so so they will be done all, all the same time and you have for igcse you have some regional that's why something is like uh let's say 1f R means paper one of foundation, but regional. So that's for uh, when you're outside, outside of the UK. And But those are minor differences there, really. So generally, the most biggest difference is that IGCSE for maths got only two papers, both with calculator. So many students go for it because they feel confident. Oh, it's much better with calculator. I don't have to be worried about little calculations. Technically, sometimes they would ask you, show your working in a way. So technically, you should know how to do it. But... You can always at least check your answer. Let's say they ask you to do column multiplication. You can then check it on your calculator. So it, it's kind of like it's got the calculator's got your back, you know. So yeah, but then, I feel like there's. I I have to say I feel like there must be lots of people listening to this thinking, why on earth would anyone do the Edexcel GCSE if you can have fewer exams and have your calculator? Exactly. On the other hand, uh, some students do really excel well in the non-calculator because of course it's meant a little bit like just using a little bit of mental maths slightly easier questions so they can they can bag a lot of marks on the non-calculator paper it's it it feels easier because it technically technically it must be easier it must be using just nice numbers so it kind of might give an extra boost in the overall grading so uh that's why i say or everyone who's not sure and has got the option, like home educated, has got the option for maths really, it's, it's either way is fine. Look at the papers, get the feel of it. Be careful the papers sometimes change. For example, I know that AQA uh, recently mentioned that they would be getting rid of the multiple choice questions, which uh, very many students would be opting for AQA for that reason, that they like, oh, at least I know one of these answers be correct. So there were always a few questions that you would choose A, B, C, D, basically. AQA love multiple choice questions. Yeah. AQA should be called the multiple choice exam board. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. But they said they will be getting rid of it for this summer. So that's why I'm saying it sometimes changes. So past paper are not always the best indicator, but most of the time, yes. And of course, then if you think you narrow down, it might be good to have a look at the official websites of, let's say, AQA, Edexcel, anyone, look at the specification, the newest information. It seems like, oh, it's so much information, but it will be really useful. If it's all up to you to choose, then make sure you choose based on being very well informed. Yeah, we did a podcast on exams, actually, and probably the biggest piece of advice we gave was to do your research really thoroughly for each mm -hmm. subject, get all the specifications, do the past papers. And because it can make a difference between what well, is it? It's definitely a difference between grades, but it can be a difference between your child enjoying the subject and not enjoying it, which is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Basically would go now finally to the foundation or higher. And that really could be fairly fluid. As I said, 
I've got students who would be, it was never the other way that there would be someone doing higher and we find out, you know what, you'd be better suited for foundation. That generally never really happens. When you're already aiming for higher, it just means, yes, you would be surely good at it to get at least that passed, at least grade four, but probably more. What is the difference between foundation and higher? So, first of all, foundation is obviously the foundation. So it's it's a little bit easier maths. There will be some cross topics that will be in both papers, therefore both tiers. But generally, it's the easier maths. It's more, you can a little bit more... Um, Imagine it's like when you do functional skills. So it will be there will be actually a lot of maths that you would even learn in Key Stage 2. So when I'm telling my my students who just maybe uh, left uh, Key Stage 2, went to Key Stage 3, and I said, remember, you learned this two years ago, three years ago, and you'll be doing this in GCSE again. But of course, it, that's that's not the thing how you don't have to, like, you know, learn anymore because you learn everything in, you know, maybe up to year seven. But you want to retain the information and keep going and you know you learn something key stage two something else on top of it key stage three although it looks like it's the same thing but you're just expanding your knowledge so definitely <laughs> i would still learn through key stage three as well even if someone would say i just want to sit foundation so yeah it's, foundation it's... kind of maps to the end of key stage three doesn't it Yes, though, because you can get up to grade five in foundation. You're capped, aren't you, with your grade? Yes, that's that's You can't one get higher than a five. Exactly. So, but you would still be learning new topics that would be, uh, as you normally, let's say, in school, if you be or if you follow in curriculum as schools would do, then you still, let's say, be learning in year ten. Uh, new topics even if you be aiming for foundation because those will be generally then aiming towards grade five and it's good to good to have the extra backup because uh while you supposedly sitting let's say easier paper and if you just after the pass you like well i get four maybe if i get lucky i get five that's great i don't need more i'll go for foundation the trouble technically is to get that pass grade you need to get a fair amount of marks well it's a high get, pass rate yes it? if you you need to get maybe 50 60 percent to get a pass on foundation but only usually about 20 percent to get pass on higher so to get the same grade you need to do way more in that paper so for some students who generally would be able to let's say do all of it but they just either can't or didn't or just happen not to do it really well a time management for the exam they would be struggling with it. And I had some students who were like on a borderline between foundation high in their knowledge already, but were just saying, well, I'm supposed to be sitting foundation, everyone's telling me foundation. So we are working towards it. And whenever we did assessment that be, being timed as well, they, we just couldn't reach the grade four. And I said, you know what, let's just try just for fun. Let's do higher. And actually, although obviously it wasn't the grade because we would not be looking at all the other topics that are main in higher and therefore not at all in foundation, um, I think it was pretty much the first assessment we've done, timed one, that he would just about pass the grade four. I said, see, that's 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 it. You really should be sitting higher because imagine what happens if we actually learn that now, if we focus on that. So yes, and it and of course it 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 was it was the result was that we would be going for higher and it would be just just much better. So if you are really well performing in foundation, it might be maybe worth looking at higher paper. If you are struggling for uh, for foundation of course stay for foundation but work on the time management and make sure that you can do enough 
it's kind of interesting thing because it doesn't mean you have to know too much maths to also get pass on the higher, but maybe the maths, especially for IGCSE, might be feeling okay, like because I have every calculator and I can learn how to do these calculations, this formula. Maybe I know nothing about in IGCSE. Actually, there are some different uh, topics, for example, differentiation that wouldn't be in GCSE. But you don't have to touch it with six foot pole if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. And you can still pass an higher paper because technical differentiation would be more rather further maths or than in A-level. So <laughs> yeah, this is actually... in a way goes a little bit elsewhere. <laughs> that's Yeah, that, that's what I've heard because my son is doing A-level maths and I think that IGCSE maths is like a slightly higher stepping stone towards A-level, right? It's the IGCSE has topics that the GCSE doesn't have, but the A-level does have, right? Yeah, and though even in IGCSE there could be, um, and I'm let's say now talking about what I tutored the most, which is Adexcel exam board for IGCSE, actually as well as GCSE, it's just the most common one. That is the one that most home educators do as well. Yeah. I think the thing with foundation and shifting from foundation to higher is that it can be quite difficult for some students psychologically to have a paper in front of them that they can't answer like 60% of the questions. Whereas the foundation, they may feel, oh, look, I can answer like most of the questions. So it has a kind of psychological boost. But I think if you can prepare the child and say, look, sit the higher, even though realistically most of it you don't need to worry about, you do have a chance of getting a higher grade, don't you? Yes, exactly. So this, you're not limited there. I mean, technically, yes, by grade nine, but that's the top. So that that's OK. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it really is if you go if you go for the higher paper, knowing that let's say you are kind of borderline. So maybe you'll be more comfortable with foundation in a way that, well, you can maybe do pretty much all the questions, but the time could be really the problem, especially if you, even if you have extra time, maybe you have some special education needs. So you might be given extra time and extra. You, I had students who had people who be scribing for them, reading for them. So many, many things could be done. But even that, of course, might be not enough. So it's better to say, well, look, you sit this paper, Basically, you can completely disregard about about half of it completely <laughs> and mm -hmm. focus on this half. And from there, get those, let's say, 20, 25 percent, depends on exam board and everything. That's the way. So if they if they would that, yeah, OK, so I'll literally be just focusing on that. Obviously, look through the whole paper. There might be questions towards the end of the exam. You're like, oh, actually, I know this. I can do this. But generally, it is obviously the beginning of the paper are easier questions and then goes to more towards like more difficult questions. Well, you go further so uh, but it's definitely worth looking through the whole paper of course just in case yeah. if there's someone fairly like oh actually i learned that i'm fine with this <laughs> yeah why is foundation so tight on time then um again because you have to, to to get that pass because usually the pass is the minimum everyone wants you need to do a lot of the percentage of, of the paper that's why yeah so it's just so, so that... much more content that you need to do to get that 80 percent or whatever exactly. the pass rate is yeah and so, so is the foundation one paper that you sit uh, it's it's always the same way so if you do either foundation or higher for example igcse you would sit one paper the same day and uh, and you you'll be just given the correct uh, tier and then usually in a week or two weeks time you'll be sitting the other paper so yeah. it's not the case that people sitting foundation sit say paper 1 and everyone higher also sit paper 1 but then higher sit paper 2 
It's not this, you know, it's not the case that they kind of sit in additional paper. No, no, no. They all sit uh, either easier or more difficult paper, basically. So on okay. the same day, then the next day. And if it's GCSE, even the third day for the third paper. And again, they all sitting both foundations and hires and the exam boards as well. They have it all the same. And uh, so you, then you, you just need to know that you've been given correct exam board and correct here. Just make sure because, of course, we are humans and error might happen. So I've heard stories when someone was given wrong paper, either the tier or something. So really careful with that. And if anything, just just very quickly need to make sure, well, this is not this is not what I'm supposed to be sitting. So there were some quite quite famous stories last summer yeah. of not only people give, being given the wrong example, but being people being given the wrong subject completely. So I think okay, somebody was about to sit maths mm, and they were, they were given by bi a biology paper. And when they crewed it, they were like, can't you just sit biology instead? <laughs> instead of maths, <laughs> similar. Well, you know, it's a science. Um, <laughs> however, I think that was last summer was an unusual year, I think, because it was the first time after COVID that we'd all been piling into exam centres. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about further maths, because I know that some crazy people love maths and <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they, they want do. to do lots more of it. <laughs> so tell me about further maths GCSE. Is there a reason for it? Is there a point for it? Should you just launch into A-level? What's going on with that? That's a good question you have. And I would advise if someone is, yes, a crazy person who loves to do a lot of maths and doesn't want to be assuming they would want to do A-level maths and doesn't want to be a little bit feeling behind in A-level, then uh, having further maths of GCSE is really good thing to do because basically all the students who are doing further maths they are telling me uh when they're in, then in a level oh it's just like we learn all this already and like what are we doing here why are we just doing the same thing so basically further maths really prepares you for about half of the first year of a level so if you do really well in further maths if you, if you do take it and do well you could feel very relaxed at the beginning of a level so it is useful it's helpful and when i have students who don't do the further maths you can easily just have high grade on GCSE and feel fine and that's okay and you can go study a level no problem but then you would you would be saying oh but some of my classmates they're just like they're so good they're so ahead and I'll just feel I'm a little bit behind and it's not necessarily being behind but it's just like those who did the further they are ahead so ahead of what the curriculum generally should be so if you could do and if you feel you have time for it and just you know and you are you sure you want to do a level maths I think out of us it's good to do further. If if you home educated and don't want to pay yet another exam, then maybe just study it on your own and don't go for the exams. But if you're at school obviously you can just take the exam, that's fine. Um, but yeah, just just learning the further maths, even without doing the exam, because they're generally they not actually need it. As long as you do well on GCSE maths, usually seven and more in a grade then you'll be easily uh, pretty much um could, could go to study at my a level maths anywhere doing further maths is really helpful it's not actually necessary but it's very helpful so i would advise whoever can do do it for a level if you want to do a level <laughs> so let me talk to you about resources because a lot of home educators are on a budget. They don't want to use tutors. They don't want to use online schools and they don't want to use online courses. So what sort of resources would you recommend for people who um, are on a really strict budget? And because the exam is costly enough. So what are your favorite go to resources for maths? So definitely, I always tell everyone uh, they should get a good textbook at first. 
because that will help you to you can have all the resources in the world everything online all the website they're great and i do recommend them as well and i will mention maybe a few that i usually say all the time but first get a book and to be honest it could be easily a second-hand book from ebay or somewhere so it doesn't have to be costly either so just a good textbook that will really help you to keep an eye if you are going for the exam so you want to keep somehow the curriculum so it helps you to keep an eye on it what you're supposed to be learning and something that you have at hand easily and you know is not gonna uh, just somewhere you, you go through your favorite website but oh this topic is somehow not there maybe they just didn't add it yet or maybe they just might have a little bit different specification which is let's say aimed at GCSE but actually you do IGCSE and maybe you do want to learn the differentiation after all so you know having a good book uh doesn't have to be necessarily always aimed at the exact exam board uh, funny enough actually that's not even that important because the exam board then you just look at the past papers and learn from those so another part of the resources is to basically work with the appropriate past papers. But some books are even kind of like all boards together. But you would like to know ideally whether you do GCSE or IGCSE. And then of course, whether you're aiming generally for foundation or higher. If unsure, as I said, maybe look at the papers, see what sort of maths is there. And if you think you could do at least 20% on the higher, or if you think you rather do the foundation, because again, at usually roughly about 20% on the higher means uh getting the pass grade getting four so uh the books definitely as i said then it depends the exam technically exam board but actually not that super important for textbooks um and then definitely foundational higher that is that very important more important than what exam board at that mm. stage for books and then you just go if you want to really be uh, as as little cost as possible just go on websites like math genie um websites like code maths uh that's usually the most to to go uh there is one new one launched i still don't remember exactly the name i think it's gcse maths questions it's one of my colleague tutors recently put together really nicely well done from past papers uh basically um uh, topic by topic it's it's overwhelming there's so much there it's always the question and then answers like written by hands like really enormous amount of work you put in it so i'll just like tell everyone about it wherever i go because i really like it and use it as well perhaps if you could come on the home education matters facebook group veronica and put your favorite maths websites those ones that you mentioned was it corbett maths maths genie mm. and that, and that new one that, yeah the GCSE maths questions I think that's how it's called mm. and there was one also I used to use a little bit more in the past I'm not saying it's bad it's just I kind of shifted a bit but it's also Mr Barton maths that I used a lot and some of my colleague teachers from schools when I'll be working in the past also were really obsessed with Mr Barton maths and all these are for free then you have things like Twinkle which generally people might be thinking is maybe better a little bit more for primary but actually it's got really good resources for uh higher as well uh going going onwards uh like um higher level maths so Twinkle could be good it's usually subscriptions better so you will have access to what you need but it's not it's not really that much so I would say that because I use Twinkle as well for really like nice worksheets uh, really well made to put together assessments and everything so that's good so that would be the second kind of batch of resources. Again, talking about as free as possible or extremely low, small cost. And then what I already mentioned, definitely, uh, if we're now talking specifically preparing for GCSEs, past papers. Um, mm. When to start with them is a good question. Everyone might be a little bit different. Definitely at least a year before the exams. 
should be already starting with past papers, but someone starts even earlier. So getting the feel of it. And I would say because the exams are changing, start ideally first actually from the newest ones some some uh some people would say oh no leave the newest ones for later but you would really want to get feel of what was in the newest ones because they'll be more relevant to yours so if you start with very old ones you find out later you do you did so many old ones but actually wait a minute that sort of question and topic is not there anymore and i was learning so much about it to be able to do it so i would go from the newest ones ideally especially after the specification change in 2017. So any of the older ones, when they'll be the grading A, B, C, D, it would change different years in GCSE and IGCSE, but like, you know, that kind of old specification. Uh, it's okay as well to practice with it, but you might find actually maybe a lot of it way easier because overall the level really went up with, with both GCSE and IGCSEs. So really acing the old paper doesn't have to mean anything so careful with that yeah that would be annoying wouldn't it if you if you were doing very well with the old specification then the new one came along and you weren't to finish off because I feel like we're sort of reaching the end of our maths journey <laughs> which is good for me because I'm not a big maths fan <laughs> so what would be your top tip for home educating parents who are helping their child with maths maybe their child's like 13 14 something like that what would be your top tip so depends on if you feel like you can do maths yourself then just try to not uh, be too strict about it telling you have to do this then remember the positive reinforcement try to find things that are working well for the child and go from there so even if you're not quite following the curriculum I do that very often in my tutoring I just say you know what seems like this is a big step up Maybe we'll look at this first. Maybe we go a little bit back, give you the foundations like you were ready with that and then we can move on. So just try to not to push the learning the way because that's not going to go down well usually. So yeah. just try to find a good way out to learn. If you obviously, if you're not sure about your own maths uh, level and whether you can teach it and maybe not really quite sure about even using books that's the thing uh, usually you say oh you just need to be like one step ahead or one one uh, extra but not really for maths because it doesn't kind of apply again because maths is so connected and very often I say for example look at this topic see this is very similar like that topic either we already learn or you'll be learning later and then you will just be like oh yeah that's also like that's, that formula actually is pretty much the same for this and that and so because I know all of it and that's why let's say really tutor all of us everything I like to mm. keep the curriculum life in my head and then I know you need a kind of bird's eye view looking yeah, down on it all. exactly mm. and you said you hopefully probably learned that in when you were let's say 13 years old on or I don't know when we were in in year eight or you know and if you can't give the overall bird view or not sure that you can you can do extra of your of course you can then try to and look for other resources more or less paid or, or some sort of classes and stuff so but just again try to because that's what if you home educated the overall idea is to make it tailored right so it's always with maths going from because maths can be tackled from many ways it doesn't have to be just like when you learn alphabet usually you go a b c d so you can do a little bit of like detour and start somewhere else so just go from what it goes and start the snowball effect from whatever point and you'll get there 
but um, don't get too stressed if it feels like it's not going down well or I told you 20 times it's like this and you still don't remember it's just because maybe your child has different way maybe needs more visuals and there could be so many visuals and maths and people don't believe me about like I draw all the time in my whiteboard and just do all these things and everyone's like okay that makes sense and I talk about apples and oranges instead of like x and y and algebra and things like that and that makes more sense so just like using real life examples so if all of that the the, the parent can do that just to make maths more real more like it's not just some random numbers and letters but it actually it applies on this and when we talk about area i talk about garden if we talk about volume i'll talk about like a juice you know it's like you have in a in a small bot uh, bottle big bottle so like you know what is more how many milliliters so you imagine things so a lot of things in maths could be really imagined yes there are some things that looks a little bit more difficult to some find find some examples make the maths be more approachable more easier if it's in your power or find out someone who can help you to help your child to find maths more approachable because then there is the switch and they start like this is good and then I'm this bit of that and this as well and it's just like yeah they sometimes just need kick-starting don't they uh, with somebody that that has an enthusiasm for it um, and then you can go your own way a little bit from that exactly yeah so so just maths it just needs a little bit a little bit different approach sometimes find the ways how it works and that's sometimes more difficult than actually teaching the maths itself that's one of the beauties of home education is that you know your child so well because you spend all your time with them that you tend to know the kind of things that are that work and that don't work or you're able to make that quick shift when something isn't working or you sort of get that response and you think oh okay so this is how they like doing it and that is one of the beauties it's very difficult to do that as a teacher when you've got 30 children in a class because you just can't shift and change like that so thank you so much, Veronica. It's been really lovely chatting with you today. Could you tell us where our listeners could find you on social media or websites or whatever if they wanted to? Yeah, absolutely. Probably the easiest is to find me at my website and then I have other links and everything there. So my business is called Your Maths Tutor. So I'm yourmathstutor.com. <laughs> so mm -hmm. fairly easy. Someone asks, who is it? That's Your Maths Tutor. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, when I saw myself Veronica you're a maths tutor you know so, so that's how you're everyone's so, maths tutor now I know I know so <laughs> I'll just I'll just go with it so yeah so you're maths tutor.com that's the website and then um I have some little bit of YouTube channel I'm so backlogged with work so I don't have that much there but I run through one past paper so you know you can just see some questions there being answered and so that maybe might be a little bit helpful and uh on my Facebook I have Instagram that is just so overwhelming, so I don't do any more. But <laughs> yeah, Instagram it's, it's is just, a bit that way, isn't it? I really love being in these home education groups because I just like instead of me going to sleep, I just open my Facebook and I'm oh, you know, you need okay, I'll answer. Hi, hello, you know, that's not a problem. Just get the textbooks and this and that. And you know, <laughs> you are so helpful in the homeschooling group for that. You, if there's a math question, I always know you're going to hop on and give lots of reassurance. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah, and so you teach from Key Stage Street all the way to A level, right? I do teach even primary as well. Primary all yeah. the way through to I have primary primary students as well. Yes, uh, like right now we've been my longest ones primary are now just two years. We're doing two years. I had one student who we started just from GCSE. Now is our sixth year together at his last year at university. So um, yeah, I really do teach everything. But mostly most inquiries I get are uh, generally like a preparation towards GCSE so it could be from late key stage three or then generally GCSE either like the year before or the, the actual year of the exam so that's what I tutor most often because that's what I've been most often asked to tutor but I can do 
everything. <laughs> yeah. So you, did you say you go all the way through to the to university as well? Mm-hmm. Wow. So you do primary to university. So you do like four to twenty one. Mm, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's a lot and, of maths. And well, actually, the the age is just the number. I also teach to adult learners. So for various numeracy tests and retake GCSEs and and GMAT and other things like that. So um, yeah, anything that's maths, I could do. Everyone. What's your favorite math topic to teach? What's uh, the one you love? I, like which I one are you two? like? No, honestly, what is it with you? I asked this of I asked this of the history teacher, and she was like, "Can I can I give like five? It's like, no, I know you love your subject, but I want one. What <laughs> these one? No, you can give me two. Go on. Okay, I'll let you. okay, two. It's just two. So algebra and trigonometry. Okay, they sound quite hard. <laughs> it's because, exactly, because they're the most difficult ones and therefore students need the most help with them. And because I didn't do them so often, I'm just so, therefore, not even like I wouldn't be good at them before, but it's just literally, I've seen it all by now. So it's just, I know it so well. It's like when you know your friend really well, you know, you become really close. So that's me and algebra. Although I really always loved algebra since I was a child as well. But that's also because obviously you learn trigonometry a bit later. Maybe I would have loved trigonometry earlier if I would learn that earlier. So that's why I kind of algebra myself, trigonometry, because students also need about algebra. So algebra and trigonometry, I really can't separate them. They're both equally my favourite. I've got a theory that I've just come up with while you're talking that people would like maths more if they changed the names of the subjects. So was it Friends or was it the Big Bang Theory where the episodes were called something like the one about or the one with? And they should do that for maths. So for calculus, no way, I don't know anything about calculus. For algebra, you could have the one with the letters. Mm-hmm. And then for like trigonometry, you could have the one with the triangles. I'm just making that up. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. I think people would like maths a lot more if you gave it cuddly, uh, touchy, feely names. Because, I mean, the names, calculus, trigonometry, differentiation, is enough to scare the living God out of you, isn't it? I mean, it's terrifying. <laughs> they need to give them cuddly names. They need to call them Bernard and Humphrey and things like that. And I think people would like maths a lot more. There you are. That's my proposition to you. I actually do that. <laughs> oh, I my God. My I thought I'd invented it and you've been doing it. That is classic. Come I on. Then. What say, do you this call is the one things? when we do all these triangles and then we have algebra. This is when this, this is when alphabet means numbers. So we just mix them all together. And as we now start talking, not just about numbers, but bananas and oranges. And, you know, so you know, that's, that's what I do. <laughs> but like you, you have really I'm good glad. proposal. I think I think I might have maybe not mentioned it myself. So I'm glad you did mention it. So mm-hmm. everyone else who's doing maths out there should start also doing cuddler names because Definitely. they really are more. And students are, yeah, yeah. So we've been doing the, counting these oranges and apples now, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we're doing the one with the oranges and apples now. Yeah, that's the one we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but then when, when they go to university, they'll be like, they'll be like, they'll, they'll say, is, is this differentiation? They'll be like, excuse me, is this the one? Is this the one with the fruit? Uh, I think you're in the wrong university. <laughs> anyway, anyway, thank you so much for today. It's been really fun chat. I didn't think maths would be so much fun. So there you are. It's a maths miracle. Fun, really? <laughs> you've converted me. You've converted well, you've converted me to maths podcasts. And that's the first step, isn't it? Let's face it. Thank you, Veronica. It's been very lovely chatting. Thank you very much, Elena. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Home Education Matters podcast. See you at the next one. Have a lovely day.